Welcome to Working Smarter, presented by Calabrio, where we discuss contact center industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories and pain points with some of the most innovative and professionals in the industry. We are glad you're joining us to learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. My name is Dave Hookstra, product evangelist for Calabrio, and my guest today is Katie Martell. Uh, Katie kind of... uh, she fancies herself as a marketing industry speaker, writer, uh, basically all things marketer. And we are uh, super excited to have her join us today. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun today because we have some really great things to talk about. Um, one of the biggest kind of back and forths that happen in a contact center is with the marketing department, right? Those jerks don't know what they're talking about. They never tell me what's going on. And I'm sure marketing from the other side side has that same thing. So um, pretty much without fail, um, (laughs) almost any kind of organization that provides customer service or customer experience has this kind of uh, friction back and forth with with marketing. Um, So first, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into this marketing uh, influencer role. (laughs) I really love the title of influencer because it is completely ridiculous, but um, I I am somebody who gets to speak, write, and talk about one of the, what I call the world's most powerful industry of marketing, something that we are all exposed to every day, thousands of messages a day. Uh, and it's, it's truly something that for me sits at the heart of like creativity, psychology and business. I mean, it's just a really fun place to be. I'm very lucky. I kind of stumbled into it. Uh, I've been working in it for a while now. Um, and I've been marketing primarily to other marketers which is a very interesting kind of a sadist place to be, but it's a lot of fun. (laughs) And it's given me a chance to really study the practice of marketing, watch the industry as it's blown up with MarTech and other, you know, factors, um, and just watch how it's changed and evolved in the world. And I think, you know, this ain't your, uh, the, the mad men era of marketing no more. It is a really fascinating time to be in marketing, but I also think it's a fascinating time to do uh, what every customer experience pro does. I mean, I, there's friction, but man, I have a ton of respect for, I know what you used to do uh, in a call center and what any call center professional does. It's, I do not envy your job. It is a difficult role these days. Yeah, I love the I love the analogy back to Mad Men because you know it was a great show and it did, did it did give a lot of people insight into kind of marketing, but that you're right, it's not your father's marketing department anymore, right? The speed at which I mean, it, it's scary to think about that ten years ago. I mean, go back. Let's go ten years. Twitter was barely a, barely a thing. Instagram was barely a thing, and but. Nowadays, that is the that is still such a, a huge core of what that is. So all of these people that are marketing experts and things like that are, you know, you included are probably learning as we go on how this this piece works and the speed at which it moves is so rapid. But that's where you and I kind of get into this, uh, you know, he said, she said kind of a thing because the friction between a call center operation and the marketing department, that's a tale as old as time, right? <laughs> we can we can quote Beauty and the Beast here. Uh, and and you know the frustration of well you didn't tell me what's going on uh you didn't you didn't uh, tell me what i needed to know and the things like that and i, I kind of feel like that's what we're here to try and solve today we, we might not solve it but we might be able to give some people some really good uh, ideas on ways to coexist so why do you think 
uh, what from your experience, what is that friction? Where does that come from? What wh- I want to know from the market, I can tell you from the call center side where that friction comes from from me. But where does that come from from you? What where does that what does that friction spawn from? Yeah, I, I'd love to hear your point of view on this. I think uh, the marketing department in any organization, and we can talk about you know enterprise down to startups. It doesn't matter. One universal truth about marketing, and I think call center. Uh, professionals can relate to this is that we're a fundamentally misunderstood department. And it's because, you know, like nowhere else in the business, everyone knows what marketing is. Everyone sees marketing all day. We all buy products, we all see ads, and we think we know, right, the kind of basics of how to do marketing and how to do it well. Nothing could be further from the truth. This is a discipline. It has a lot of rules. It has a lot of just best practices. Um, and to your point, it's constantly changing. But some of the friction, I think, between uh, you know the, the people on the front lines of the customer experience, people in the call center and marketing just happens to be because of the changing role of these two departments. Um, I think no matter where you sit, no matter what industry you're you know, vertically you're operating in, Call centers have to clean up a lot of marketing's messes. <laughs> we like to be very, you know, proactive about campaigns and promotions, and um, where the rubber meets the road is often in the phone calls and the other interactions that the call center is interacting with, which typically comes right, you know, down the pike, down the down the the road a little bit. Um, and so by the time it comes back to marketing, it's often in that, hey, here's what you've done to mess our lives up, place right. rather than a more proactive collaborative relationship, it's typically something where we're both talking about all the messes that we think each other has caused. That's also just due to the fact that that's how businesses operate today. This kind of siloed thing is the, it's the normal right now. Right. Every, every department wishes the other department would tell them more, Yep. but every department also does a usually pretty bad job of telling the other departments what they were, are doing. And it's funny you say uh, marketing is fundamentally misunderstood and I totally agree. Right. I mean, even me, as I foray my career into the marketing side of things, and I try to understand how marketing truly works. Uh, I, I run into a lot of people that are marketers that are still like, yeah, we don't really know how this is all going out. Um, but going back to the fundamentally misunderstood, I think the biggest problem from the, the contact center operations side is not that they're misunderstood, but that they're forgotten. Mm. They are they are often an afterthought. Uh, I, I mean, I cannot tell you how many people that I've run into outside of the contact center operation that literally say something to the effect of, we have a call center. Like, oh my. Like, yeah. And, and that's Ouch. the thing. Like, I knew we had customer service, but I don't understand how this yeah. this this contact center thing works yep. and things like that. And so I think the uh, you're right. I mean, if there's going to be a, an operative word, it's collaborative today. It's how can how can both sides reach across the desk to uh, to to really kind of understand that. And I think a lot of that boils down to uh, information, mm-hmm. right? Um, the, what what kind of information? And so you know, you and I, uh, collaborators, recently. Uh, launched our connected enterprise dashboards that that kind of aim to pull in data from across the organization and really help that. Um, so from a marketing perspective, uh, how does understanding that data help you do your job better? I, you know, this is such a cool question. And because it's the simple fact that if, if an organization asks this question, it's a great sign. If you have an organization mm-hmm. that is saying, how can we leverage all the insights that are happening right now 
in the voice of our customer in our call center, how can we use that in other parts of the business? Doesn't that just speak to a culture, a mindset of what we're all working for now of customer centricity? The simple fact yes. that organizations can ask that question, I think, is a, a a kind of a milestone. It's actually worth pausing and recognizing because of what it says to me is that we're shifting away from uh, just kind of stepping back a bit here. We're shifting away from this kind of inside out you know, companies is the center of the universe. I, I, we did a recent webinar actually um, with Mary Moylanen, who's amazing at Calabrio. And I asked her on this webinar, have you ever been kidnapped? And Dave, I'm going to ask you that same question. Have you, and, and just blink twice if you need help now, but you know, <laughs> have you ever been kidnapped? I have not been officially kidnapped. No, there have been times where I've been stuck in an Ikea or something similar where I feel like I'm being kidnapped, but officially no. That is hard to get out of. It's a maze, my friend. It is there, If you've been kidnapped uh, or if you know anyone who has or read stories about it, there's this thing called Stockholm Syndrome, right? Where you start to take on the worldview of your captor, basically. And it's, it's literally a psychological condition. But I read this once years ago. The, employees of businesses tend to kind of take on the worldview of their employers because companies are historically the center of their own universes. The shift that we're seeing, you alluded to it with the you know rise of social media 10 years ago. Um, we're seeing it just in the age of customer experience. The shift is now outside in. You know, organizations that work inside out, that are company first, that are brand first, will never be able to meet the needs of customers. And so the shift, the transformation happening, it's not just digital, it's a cultural shift. And every organization is dealing with this where the customer needs have to be put first. And with the reactive nature of business has to be much more agile. That fundamentally needs the call center. It needs an advocate to be the voice of the customer and to give that insight back to the business. It's no pressure <laughs> to the call center professionals right. listening, but your insights are what the future of your business need. And from a marketing perspective, some more recent history in 1973, Peter Drucker said, the aim of marketing is to know and understand the customer so well that the product or service fits him and or her and sells itself. That is the fundamental role of marketing is to understand the customer. Most people think marketing is about tactics. It's about execution. It's about activation. The fundamental role of marketing is to understand the customer. Tell me a better ally than a contact center and a call center for that objective. You're, you're so right. And it's funny, okay, maybe not as far back as 1973, but looking back at, you know, when I when I first got my start in the call center, and we're gonna we're gonna, you know, start the fireplace here, put on a <laughs> nice cardigan. Uh, but the uh, when I first started in contact centers, um, literally, and I'm not kidding, call recording was holding a micro cassette recorder up to the earpiece of a handset and that was the voice of the customer. Oh my gosh. Right? That's how that's how manual the process was. And if we wanted to understand more about what the customers were saying, it took uh, enormous focus groups and weeks of listening to calls, weeks of transcribing data um, and and getting that information. And now today, we get that information almost within minutes of the call being done, right? And so organizations are able to take this mountain of data and translate it and turn it into effective uh, voice of the customer information. I can't imagine anything being more valuable to a marketing department. 
We did a recent conversation with um, a Calabria customer, actually, David Flores from Green Path Financial Wellness. Um, we were This is part of a, a series of conversations that I was actually having in, as part of a campaign with Calabria called the Close the Gap Challenge. We really wanted to highlight the gap that existed between marketing and call centers. And so I chatted with David, I sat down with him, and I basically asked him, do you feel understood? Like, do you feel understood by the rest of the business? And he laughed, you know, I think as all of us would. And he's, he's like, right. mostly, mostly. He had, a, he had a little bit of Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> didn't he? Well, I think we all do, you know. <laughs> but what he said was, and, and this is to your point, this is just kind of an example of some of how these insights can be brought to life. You know, during the pandemic, um, this is a financial literacy, financial wellness company. They, they, they counsel people who call into the call center on financial wellness. Um, they saw... Just by basic call volume, they just saw a spike in call volume around um, callers who needed help paying rent. That was kind of an unexpected trend happening Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. And, you know, David and his team, they're really tapped into what clients need. And they're really good about turning that back and giving it to the marketing department at Green Path Financial Wellness. And he told me that, you know, they turned around and said, look, marketing, marketing team, Mr. Marketer, we are seeing this giant spike in in uh, the need for rental counseling. Marketing turned around a campaign. They saw a 300% increase in the rental counseling business. Simply just that one simple, uh, you know, right. two-way street between what's happening on the ground with customers and what the, what the market actually needs. It makes marketing more effective. It makes us more relevant. It makes us uh, more useful. That is like nirvana for a marketer. Right. And and the the weird moral of this story is is that this was probably a huge win for the marketing department. Huge. And it and it and it stemmed from someone in the contact center speaking up basically and having data to back up that information. Right. And I think it, this is one of the things that I think fundamentally why there's a little bit of friction between the two is because uh, contact centers tend to look at their objectives very concrete, right? It's, uh, you know, I have KPI to meet. I know how many calls we take. I know what our handle times are. I know what our service level is, right? We're getting deep into contact center KPIs. Yes, nerd out. I love it. Yeah. And marketing tends to be uh, more subjective. Now, the data that's available for marketers now is immense compared to what it used to be. Mm -hmm. But um, so knowing what we know about those two, how can how can we learn from each other? How can how can you, how can you convince me that marketing is something that I should be having weekly meetings with as a contact center uh, manager? You know, it, it, I hate to say this, it depends, right? But it does depend on the, the type of marketer that you are um, blessed or cursed with. You know, I think <laughs> that there's really two types of marketers and it's, you know, there are many, there are many of us. It's a, not a monolithic industry, just like contact center leaders. But there's really only two schools of thought in marketing. One is very much, can we be agile? It, it, do you have a marketing leader who can respond to the needs of the market? Or do you have a marketing leader who wants to essentially dominate the market and tell the market what it needs? One is an older way of thinking. You know, the kind of the brand of the Mad Men days was a brand that basically was created through creative. It was just a brand like we said it was because this is what we are going to tell the market it needs. There was no two-way street. And and those days we know are long gone. Those days are over, O-V-E-R, over. We are now at the mercy of a brand is not what we say it is. It's what customers say it is to each other on social media, to our call center agents. If you have a marketer who understands that there's a need to be tapping into the voice of customer, the pulse of what's happening in the market, who understands that a brand is living, breathing, and constantly changing, 
you've got a marketer who could be an ally. You've got a marketer who can leverage the data that's happening in the contact center and turn it around into to your point, relevant, you know, uh, business decisions it could be product related. Um, and, and this is just, I think when you think about the friction, what both teams share is a common goal. We, we should, in theory, uh, we should both be advocates for the customer within the business. You know, sales has its own uh, relationship with buyers. Product has its own engineering, finance, operations. These are all parts of the business, but like nowhere else, uh, like customer facing roles like marketing and the call center, we have to be in alignment. We have to be operating together because we're both the advocates internally for what customers need from us. And so if you've got that, you know, kind of agile customer centric marketing leader, you've got a fantastic opportunity, I think, to start to build a relationship if you've not already. Um, and if you have a relationship, start to deepen it, back it up with some data, back it up with what you can do to help the rest of the business, because there truly is a rising tide. If you can help the contact center, the contact center can help you. Both departments are seen as more valuable, more strategic, uh, and might have a, a bigger seat at that table. Well, and so from my perspective, uh, if if anyone is listening and saying to themselves, "Hey, what are some of the what are some of the things that I can do to kind of show the marketing?" department, what's important to me, right? You can look at um, a lot of the speech recognition data is out there. These are the phrases that are being said. These are the common reasons uh, that we have to address uh, either clarity or, or, you know, and it's not always marketing, right? Sometimes it's a billing issue. Sometimes it's a service subscription issue, things like that. But being able to Uh, try and quantify to the marketing department how their decisions affect you Mm. is the absolute key, right? The, the, the way I used to do it, we would, we would meet with the marketing department. So we understood what campaigns were coming up because the most frustrating (laughs) thing from a contact center uh, management perspective versus a marketing perspective is Crap, I wasn't expecting, right? <laughs> that, that, and I'm using crap instead of another word that's probably been thrown around a lot in <laughs> meetings that, uh, is that, you know, hey, you ran this campaign and we received, uh, you know, 4,000 extra calls this week that we weren't expecting. We weren't prepared to answer the questions from the campaign, you know, and, you know, those, mistakes in theory only happen once because we try and learn from it, but they do kind of continue to, uh, right. So from your perspective, I kind of two questions here. One, what are the, what are the objectives that are important to a marketing department so that a contact center can help bridge the gap? And then what are the, what are the things that make an impact from the contact center to a marketing department? Right. So hopefully those questions make sense, but let's, let's try to unpack that a little bit. Let's, how much time do you have? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I spoke with Allison Rodney from AMN Healthcare and she, I heard, you know, as part of this close the gap challenge, and I asked her essentially this exact, this exact question. I, you know, don't take my word for it. Let's ask the contact center. And, and what she said to me was I, I pretty brilliant. Anecdotally, she said, um, what marketing does really well in terms of their collaboration is just listen to the stories. Listen to mm-hmm. the stories. You know, great marketing is storytelling. It takes you on a journey. It allows you to empathize with the character. You're hooked. You can feel yourself in the in in the in the storyline. It's it's a it's a story driven craft. You know, as much data as we have, marketing is always going to be about telling the stories of the business. In this case, the stories of the customer, the stories of of the wins. You know, uh, in this case, it was AMN Healthcare, and they kind of do a um, 
liaison between a you know a, a patient and a doctor's office. Um, it's a translation service so that they can understand the doctor by virtue of this virtual um, agent, and that's what the call center manages. These kind of triage, you know, to, to help these patients, you know, have the support they need. And so you can imagine the stories, the stories that come from just what's happening every day in the lives of, of customers. Those stories make great marketing because guess what? It allows it's customers gold. just like them, right, to relate and empathize with what's happening. And in here, to your point, in their words with the language that they choose and nothing is more powerful than speaking to someone in their own language. So anecdotally, simply sharing stories, right. That can be used for, yeah, case studies and things, but even less formally, just content for social content for any, you know, enterprise, anything that is being created right now. I mean, check the watch five minutes ago, another story was being captured in the call center. Are you, Mm -hmm. are you capturing that giving it to marketing? Because trust me, we love that. That's like catnip for marketing. That is like, That is drugs. I'm addicted yeah. to stuff. Right? But then, you know, there's there's other things too. I think that, um, you know, when we t- when we think about what marketing needs from a contact center, we need some basic stuff that just marketing 101, competitive analysis. How are we doing against our competition? It's often really hard to get at that insight. We we think we know. We'll run surveys. We have analysts tell us where we are in the market. Um, you know. We've got sales data to prove it, but nothing can tell us like what's happening in the call center, what's happening with competitive positioning, how we are considered against that consideration set, what factors are people choosing us for over the competition, or where are we losing business based on their complaints? That is such a huge, huge part of marketing is simply just positioning the brand in the right, you know, in the right place for buyers. I think that data is another goldmine sitting in the contact center. And and what if I could tell you that we can automatically capture that information? <laughs> and every time someone says your competitor's name, we can flag the recording and you can go listen to it and find out exactly what, the, hey, they're offering this free shipping deal mm-hmm. or they're offering uh, their their services for $13.99 a month. It's, oh my gosh. I mean, let's, we, you can, you can, uh, you can stop the re- the super repetitive surveys mm-hmm. and you can just pull that information. And in a lot of cases, it's happening dozens of times a day. Right. And, and, and all of that data is out there and, and it, it kind of serves to the importance of the connected enterprise mm-hmm. now. And I, and I can tell you for the, the people that are listening that are in the context center management, you need to start thinking like a marketer. You need to start stop thinking from a perspective of um, did we answer every call in less than thirty seconds yesterday? Even though that's important, don't get me wrong. But you need to start asking yourself what what is the information that we can capture? Um, a lot of contact centers do not involve their marketing departments in those kind of things. So all those things that are frustrating you about the marketing department not telling you, uh, you're probably doing the same thing back the other direction. So. It's really important to understand what makes a marketing department tick. And for you, you, that's such a great thing is the stories. I mean, it doesn't have to be stories of positive. It can be stories of negative as well. It can be what's, what's affecting our, our, what's impacting our CX experience, what's Mm -hmm. affecting our NPS scores, right? All of that information is, it's in there. It's, it's in that, it's in those, those voice interactions and those chat interactions that your hat, your, your agents are having every single day. Um, so uh, from your perspective, I just gave my perspective. 
how can the call center support marketing? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you think about what marketing does, right, we're not only responsible for very, you know, market facing creative work, you know, the website, social posts, the things that you see, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes. Um, for example, one of my favorite things that I, I, you know, I do as an in-house marketer is sales enablement, training sales on how to speak to customers, how to relate to their needs, how to address their pain points, what words to use, how to get them over objections, right? That's a, that's a product marketing role. And that role it sits between kind of sales product and marketing, but it is a marketing function. Um, and it really customer focused organizations. That is a huge, huge competitive advantage and muscle is the ability for that, that individual or team to tap into the ways that customer sentiment is changing. So they can then reflect that, uh, you know, synthesize it and give it back to the sales team. So you can start to see right there, that through line, that way that the customer and call center data could be used to not only help marketing, but help marketing help sales, which guess what? If sales does well, everyone does better. Right, <laughs> so absolutely. I, I had a CEO of a startup that I was at uh, early in my career and he, he sat us all down in a room. It was 12 of us in the company. He looks, at, he looks at all of us and he says, everyone in this room, and there was engineers, you know, that everyone in this room is in sales. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm in marketing. He's like, no, you're in sales. Because every single person in the organization is responsible for keeping the organization growing. That is not any different an enterprise level. And so to answer your question, I mean, we keep talking about sharing data, sharing data. I think if you're going to, if you're going to create this two-way street between the contact center and marketing, it requires both teams to understand what each other's need. And I know that Calabrio has some really cool data on this. I love these kinds of research reports. I like to collect them, but Uh um, it was their state of the contact center. And it said, I'm just checking my notes, 87% of managers think that the pandemic has increased the importance of the contact center to the company in the long term. I know why. This is why. Because the pandemic threw everything for a loop. Uh, and every company, everything. right, was left wondering, what do buyers need? And if you didn't have that muscle in place to go and get that data from your call center, you were left looking at marketing going, can you go tell us what buyers need? Or you were going to sales or support and say, what do buyers need? You were caught off Guard. Now imagine if that data was just automatically, systematically part of your MO, part of your plans. You would be more prepared today mm-hmm. for anything that came up, any market change, any market you know volatility. You'd be more prepared because you've got that data. I think it's one of these like diet and exercise type things. Like you don't need it until you really need it until it's right. too late. You know, <laughs> it's like drinking water. Yes. <laughs> By the time yeah. you're thirsty, it's too late. Yeah, exactly. Don't be thirsty. Right. That's our that's our advice. Don't be thirsty. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know what? No, forget the whole everybody's in sales thing. The new motto is don't be thirsty, right? That's where we're going with this. That's that's great. And I agree with you, right? Before the pandemic, I would have conversations with market leaders and, and colleagues. Is the call center going away? Is AI going to replace the agent and things like that? And man, the pandemic put the brakes on that so fast and and completely reinforced how important that that agent is but the 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 beauty of it is i think uh, pursuant to our conversation the beauty of it is is that um there are so many opportunities now for cross-pollinization of information that we we just got away from as organizations. And I love it that organizations now have the title of like customer experience director or vice president of customer experience. And it's those roles that are forced 
to get marketing and operations in the same room, right? And that is, that's what's great about where the direction of this whole conversation is going. And it it really gets me jazzed. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say it. Like, I cannot wait to see what uh, some of the, some of the, technology that's out there. I mean, what the cloud has brought to Mm -hmm. our processing power and ability to to transcribe all this information, the the ability for, for us to corral data. I mean, I'll be honest, if there's any marketers listening to this conversation, and hopefully there are, because you are an influencer, as it were, uh, (laughs) this, this should be your moment of Zen. Yeah. Is there is an untapped gold mine of information out there. Um, so uh, let me ask you this. When we're talking about this, how does marketing, how, how do you guys like prove your impact? How do you, how do you go to the organization and say, Hey, marketing? I mean, ultimately we know the answer it's sales, right? It's revenue. It's, it's that kind of thing. But in between that, the, that gap, what, what are the things that, you know, for a call center, a lot of times it's service level and mm-hmm. average speed of answer for, for marketing. What, what are those KPI that are just how you guys prove what you're doing? You know, this, this question has had a different answer depending on the time period in which you ask it. So if you asked right. me this question 15 years ago, prior to the age of MarTech, prior to the age of like marketing automation and CRM and all the ways in which we can now measure marketing, um, it would be really difficult to know the the impact of marketing. And this is really where the kind of perception of marketing as the arts and crafts department, right. as my friend John Miller of Marketo used to say, um, that's really where it came from. You know, Mad Men did a lot to kind of paint marketing as the people who make ads, the people who make creative, right? Um, when the age of MarTech hit in 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, when it really started to blow up, now there's like, I'm not exaggerating here, 9,000 not kidding. There are 9,000 different technologies that a marketer could go buy tomorrow. It's a big budget line item, uh, MarTech. Right. Because of that, we've gone, the pendulum has swung to, we can measure everything. And everything. that's, you know, its own challenge and you get kind of caught in too much data overload. Um, but what that's meant is marketing started, like the contact center, to be a little bit more strategic, a little bit more um, sophisticated in how we measure what we did. And, and you're right, it did jump in kind of everyone's mind to revenue. Marketing about five years ago started to really, that would be the answer, revenue. We need to measure our impact on revenue because guess what? If you don't have an impact on revenue, you don't have budget. You don't have a seat at the table. You don't have any clout. But I think the pendulum is now settling back in the middle in this much more middle ground place to say, look, you cannot measure every single bit of marketing. I don't care who you are. I know if you're an attribution vendor listening to this, you're pissed at me because they want to say you can measure (laughs) everything, but you really can't measure every single touch point. I I know that might be controversial uh, when you talk about the customer journey, but it's true. Every single interaction that a buyer has with a brand, regardless of channel, whether they're calling in, they're chatting, they're just, they're, they're doing their own research. You cannot measure all of it. And so the way, to answer your question, the way marketing is, I think, now much more realistically measuring what we do is a combination of factors. Yes, impact on revenue. Yes. If you're not there, you got to get there. But we also have to be willing to look at leading indicators, right? That that our marketing is working. Um, that can be, I think, part of this connected enterprise 
promise. It's actually why I'm really excited that, you know, I get to partner and, and collaborate with Calabria because there is this beautiful promise of being able to understand are the words that our buyers using aligned with the brand promise that we're making? Is the promise that we're making as a brand aligned to the experience they're having when they do call in? Are they finding what they need or are they coming to us frustrated? You know, all of that are fuzzy. They're a little subjective. Yeah, they're measurement. Do they in fact revenue? Eh. But they can tell us as marketers where the problems and the gaps in the customer journey are. They can tell us what, whether our awareness, our, our brand positioning is resonating or if we have work to do. And that to me is still extremely valuable. We're not paid on that, but it's still part of how we prove our value to the business. Well, it's so much about intent, right? And and it, the example I love to think of is, all right, so I'm not going to endorse any particular brand of uh, streaming music services, but the one that I use, um, it uses algorithms to try and figure out what music that I like, right? And uh, it's really great about 95% of the time, but it also doesn't have a way to know that the reason I'm listening to this is because I have a two and a half year old granddaughter who <laughs> wants to listen to the Frozen soundtrack 700 times in a row. Dave, that's and you. So, Don't lie. That's you. Uh, no, it, well, I mean, I know all the songs now. I, I've often said the greatest part about having a granddaughter is singing Frozen duets, <laughs> but it's also the worst part about having a granddaughter because the songs are stuck in my head 24-7. <laughs> but I don't want it to recommend to me uh, songs from Moana or, or song, you know, because that's not my, that's not my jam, but I do listen to those things a lot. And, and it goes back to intent, right? Same thing about measuring things like website hits or, uh, you know, customer journey and things like that. You, you, you could find a lot of wrong intent by just measuring straight data. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love the the analogy of swinging the pendulum back because we do need we do need that data. We need that critical information that gives us those re really really objective data points. But we also need that subjective side pulling that pendulum back to the middle. We need to understand the the stories and the impact that that someone says and you'll never be able to tap into it all. I think that's what your point is is that there's plenty of we can measure everything, mm -hmm. but what we can't truly get our arms around is the every single reason why every single person would ever click on our website and how to get more people to do that. And so it's a really good combination. But what we can do is we can we can exploit this data that we are capturing in what people are saying mm -hmm. to help us pull that pendulum back to the right spot. And, uh, you know, I think that is such an important part of the measure. So I would actually say um, for those call center leaders that are listening to this podcast, um, you should go to marketing if you if you need some budget approved for <laughs> perhaps a, 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 a software uh, license or something like that. This is a way to help capture that data that marketing would be very interested in, in understanding that data. Uh, of course, you'll have to talk to them, which, uh, you know, is, is, <laughs> we always, don't bite. is always, we don't yeah, bite exactly. too hard. Exactly. Yeah, that's and, and that's the fun part. So, uh, yeah. you know, something you and I didn't get a chance to really talk about, uh, but I wanted to bring this up is you mentioned that you're part of a softball team. Now, <laughs> I 
love and I've played baseball my entire life. I love baseball to the ends of the earth. So I'm really interested about the, your your so- your softball team up in Boston. You said that uh, that's a big part of your day, huh? It's just, you know, everyone has a hobby. And uh, luckily, now that I'm very old into, into my 30s, now mid 30s here, <laughs> uh, I'm still fortunate enough to get to play competitive. You know, um, it's modified fast pitch. It's not exactly what I was doing in college, but it's still right. fast pitch softball. So yes, we do play. We had our season opener last week. We, we, uh, we won our our season opener and it is softball season which to me is the best time of year now do you uh do you do the marketing for your softball team (laughs) (laughs) we don't don't have much marketing but i am the team manager you know and i I love softball i was a coach for many years i was a hitting instructor um Mm -hmm. i have a nickname actually on my softball team do you know what it is did you read my website i don't i don't i'm gonna give you three guesses um and i'll give you the context my first at bat in this league uh was a few years ago my first at bat i got up and smashed a home run my second at bat another home run so they gave me a nickname after this you have to guess Okay. Uh, babe. Uh, <laughs> close, the, close. The Big Mac. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm just running through the kid. Uh, you know, I'm running it's, through all the popular me, ones. They call me the beast. It's the coolest the beast. nickname. And yeah. here's the funny, I've, net, I've not hit a home run since. It's been like seven years. <laughs> but I love softball. Softball to me is uh, uh, like marketing, very misunderstood. But if you're in it, I think there's actually a metaphor. Can I actually hit you with a metaphor for today's conversation? This is of course. such a brilliant, I think, I love that you're asking me about this because there is a metaphor here. Um, if you play softball, if you watch softball, it's very, very fast. Very, very right. fast. They say the equivalent uh, of a softball fast pitch at the, the highest levels, like NCAA, you know, college, is equivalent to like a 95 mile an hour fastball for baseball because the field is smaller. And so the reaction time is the right. same as one of the fastest baseball pitches. If you watch the game too, it's very quick pace. The ball is hit, say to a shortstop or a third baseman where I play, there's a, an immediate throw somewhere. There's an immediate play because every softball player at, at competitive levels knows you've got to be anticipatory. You've got to know what am I going to do when mm-hmm. the ball comes to me? If I'm at third base as a runner on first, I know exactly what I'm going to do with the ball before it gets there. That's what allows me to be ahead of the runner and, and you know make the play. And I think there's actually a metaphor for businesses, for marketing, and I'm not going to be cheesy with this. I'm just going to say we have to anticipate what customers need in the age of the customer experience. We're now competing on our ability to show up, to understand what they need ahead of time, to know what we're going to do with the ball before it comes to us. There's no better way to anticipate what customers need than to learn about what they're saying to us in real time. It's a speed game. It's a, it's a time to market, time to insight game now. The faster you are at knowing what buyers are coming to you for and complaining about and what, you know, what they're asking, the faster you can anticipate that more like them are going to have the same problem. You can get ahead of it. You have to ask, though, what am I going to do when the ball comes to me? There you go. Words of wisdom from the beast. I love it. <laughs> That's great. Yes. No, but you're, you're totally right. Uh, you know, the anticipation, but uh, scouting reports are so important. You have to know the tendencies. You have to know what's going to happen, where that pitcher likes to put mm-hmm. the two and two pitch, uh, you know, in, mm-hmm. in high stress situations. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, Baseball and softball uh, have become, a, 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 oddly enough, a data-driven game. Uh, if you look at the issues going on with uh, the major league these days, there's so much information and data out there that hitters can't hit anymore because the uh, the, the defenses know exactly where to put the players. And this this continues your metaphor, I think, and I think it does a really good job. Is that data drives where your marketing should be 
two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks from now to anticipate that data-driven role. So uh, I, I love that metaphor and it actually works really well. So um, uh, I guess from from a finality standpoint, because I've had such a fun time talking today, uh, maybe just give us uh, Katie's uh, final thought or Katie's words of wisdom before we before we wrap up today. My final words of wisdom uh, for anyone listening at a, in a call center, uh, and if you are a marketer listening to this, um, I think that the the idea of a connected enterprise, what Calabria was really preaching and evangelizing. Um, is the future of business. And I'm not just saying that because they are a partner of mine and I really am jazzed about what they're doing. I'm saying that because this is where customer expectations are going. Uh, a customer comes to a brand and wants a consistent experience. It wants a brand who understands them, what they need, and talks to them in their language. That requires the business, you, to break down silos, break down walls, work together so that what you're giving to the buyer is a consistent relevant experience. This is the new battleground. This is what brands are now competing on. This is the future of business. And personally, I think it's a much better place for marketers, for contact center leaders, for brands to inhabit. This is a great, much more uh, equal. Uh, it's, a, it's a relationship between buyer and brand that is based on mutual respect, not manipulation and all the things that we all love to hate marketing for. So Dave, thank you uh, for having me today. Thank you so much to Calabrio. Uh, and thanks everyone for listening. Well, I can't thank you enough, Katie, for joining us. It's been an absolutely great conversation. And uh, I think this is a topic that probably deserves more attention than we probably can give it in a uh, podcast episode. But maybe we can uh, revisit this at some point in the future. So I uh, I, I want to say again, thank you to you, Katie, for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, and uh, we, we look forward to speaking to you sometime soon. That sounds good, Dave. I'll see you in the softball field. Perfect. So thanks again to Katie Martell, marketing influencer extraordinaire. We really appreciate having her on. Uh, thank you guys for joining us here on the Calabria podcast. Look forward to more exciting episodes. And as always, we'll see you on the next one. Take care, everybody, and have a great day.